So this is the beginning of week 46, and we begin at day 316, and we're still going through the Gospels. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any queries, again, feel free to email me, johnny, j-o-n-n-y, at jwfraser, j-w-f-r-i-z-e-r, dot com. We continue through the four Gospels, beginning today at Matthew chapter 27, verse 57 to 61. When it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph came who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate ordered that it be released. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean, fine linen, and placed it in his new tomb which he had cut into the rock. He left after rolling a great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. They read the same in Mark chapter 15, verse 42 to 47. When it was already evening because it was presentation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went into Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. When he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he bought some fine linen, he took him down and wrapped him in the linen, Then he placed him in a tomb cut out of the rock and rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Now Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph were watching there while he was placed. And in Luke chapter 23 verse 50 to 56. There was a good and righteous man named Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin who had not agreed with their plan and action. He was from Arimathea, a Judean town, and was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Taking it down, he wrapped it in fine linen and placed it in a tomb cut into the rock where he, where no one had ever been placed. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. The woman who had come with him from Galilee followed along and observed the tomb and how his body was placed. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. And John chapter 19 and verse 38 to 42. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body away. Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. Then they took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the aromatic spices, according to the burial custom of the Jews. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation and since the tomb was nearby. And then we read Matthew chapter 27 verse 62 to chapter 28 verse 4. The next day which followed the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again. Therefore give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people, He has been raised from the dead. Then the last deception will be worse than the first. You have a guard of soldiers, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. Then they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting the guard. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. 
His appearance was like lightning, and his robe was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. Then Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to 4. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they observed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And Luke 24, verse 1 to 2. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And John chapter 20, verse 1. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. And Matthew 28, 5-8. But the angel told the woman, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been resurrected, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Mark chapter 16, verse 5 to 8. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. They were amazed and alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has been resurrected. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. So they went out and started running from the tomb because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. And Luke chapter 24 verse 3 to 12. They went in but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here, but he has been resurrected. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the woman. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths, so he went home amazed at what had happened. And John chapter 20, verse 2 to 18. So he ran to, so she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out, heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then, following him, Simon Peter came also. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, then entered the tomb, saw and believed. For they still did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went home again, but Mary stood outside facing the tomb, crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. 
She saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet where Jesus' body had been lying. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Supposing he was a gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've removed him, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Jesus said, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said to her. Then we read Mark chapter 16, verse 9 to 11. Early in the first day of the week after he had risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. Yet when they heard that he was alive and had had been seen by her, they did not believe it. And then we read Matthew 28, verse 9 to 15 to finish today. Just then Jesus met them and said, Good morning. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, Say this, His disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. And there we end, day 316. Day 317, and again through the four Gospels, as we begin today at Mark chapter 16, verse 12 to 13. Then after this he appeared in a different form to two of them walking on their way into the country, and they went and reported it to the rest, who did not believe them either. And Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 32. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place, and while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them, but they were prevented from recognising him. Then he asked them, What is this dispute that you're having with each other as you were walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? What things, he asked them. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a powerful prophet in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and elders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel, Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some woman from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How unwise and slow you are to believe in your hearts that all the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. 
They came near the village where they were going and he gave the impression that he was going farther, but they urged him, Stay with us because it's almost evening and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him, but he disappeared from their sight. So they said to each other, Weren't our hearts ablaze within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those who were gathered with them together who said, The Lord has certainly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. And First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 5, And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And Mark chapter 16 verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who saw him after he had been resurrected. And Luke chapter 24 verse 36 to 43. And as they were saying these things, he himself stood among them. He said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled? he asked them. And why did doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they still could not believe because of their joy and were amazed, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. And John chapter 20, verse 19, through to chapter 21, verse 24. In the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because of their fear of the Jews. Then Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace to you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side, so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But one of the twelve, Thomas, called twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands... Put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. After eight days, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and observe my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be an unbeliever but a believer. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Those who believe without seeing are blessed. After this, Jesus re revealed himself again to his disciples by the sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore. However, the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Men, Jesus called out to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. Therefore the disciple, 
The one Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer garment around him, for he was stripped and plunged into the sea. But since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came on the boat dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter got up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dare ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he had asked him a third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. I assure you, when you were young, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to signify by what kind of death he would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, Follow me. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. That disciple was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this report spread to the brothers that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him that he would not die, but if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things, and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20. The eleven disciples travelled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And in Mark chapter 16 verse 15 to 18. Then he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new languages, they will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly it will never harm them, they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. And then 1 Corinthians 15 verse 5, sorry, verse 6 and 7 to finish today. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time, most of whom re remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And there we end, day 317. Day 318, and this is the final day of our Gospels before we go into Acts 
And we read Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 49. Then he told them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, This is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. And Acts chapter 1 verse 3 to 8. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, at this time are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Mark chapter 16 verse 19 to 20. Then after speaking to them, the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere the Lord, working with them and confirming the word by the accompanying signs. And Luke 24 verse 50 to 53. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his, his hands he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. After worshipping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple complex, blessing God. And Acts chapter 1 verse 9 to 12. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud received him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand up looking into heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives called Olive Grove, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And John chapter 21 verse 25. And there were also many other things that Jesus did, which, if they were written one by one, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. And John chapter 20 verse 30 to 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. And we begin the, the book of Acts. And we read Acts chapter 1 verse 1 to 2 and then from verse 13 through to chapter 2 verse 40. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. And then from chapter 1 verse 13. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these were continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. During these days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The number of people who were together was about 120 and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, 
that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, spoke in advance about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was one of our number and was allotted a share in this ministry. And then we skip to verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling become desolate. Let no one live in it, and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. When they prayed, You, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic service that Judas left to go to his own place. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was numbered with the eleven apostles. When the day of Pentecost has arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to each and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages, as the Spirit gave them ability for speech. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and was confused, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were astonished and amazed, saying, Look, aren't these all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own languages the magnificent acts of God. And they were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this be? But some sneered and said, They're full of new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed to them, Jewish men and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my male and female slaves in those days, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and remarkable day of the Lord comes. Then whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. This Jesus the Nazarene was a man pointed out to you by God with miracles, wonders and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up by ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope because you have not left my soul in Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David, 
He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us up to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing this in advance, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not left in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has resurrected this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what must we do? Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptised, each of you, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. And there we end, day 318. And day 319, and we continue through Acts, beginning at chapter 2, verse 41, to chapter 5, verse 16. So those who accepted his message were baptised, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Then fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold all their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all, as everyone had a need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favour with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful, so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither sealed silver nor gold, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognised that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, greatly amazed, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw them, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power of godliness we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name was made this man strong, whom you see and know. 
So the faith that comes through him has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. And now, brothers, I know that you did it in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. But what God predicted through the mouth of all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer, he has fulfilled in this way. Therefore repent and turn back that your sins may be wiped out so that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And so he may send Jesus who has been appointed Messiah for you. Heaven must welcome him until the times of the restoration of all things which God spoke about by the mouth of his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him in everything he will say to you. And it will be that everyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken, from Samuel and all those after him, have also announced these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your forefathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth will be blessed. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. Now as they were speaking to the people, the priests, the commander of the temple guard, and the Sadducees confronted them, because they were provoked that they were teaching the people, and proclaiming in the person of Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they seized them and put them in custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men came to about five thousand. The next day their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they asked the question, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone despised by you builders who has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realised that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and knew that they had been with Jesus. And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in response. After they had ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, saying, What should we do with these men? For an obvious sign evident to all who live in Jerusalem has been done through them, and we cannot deny it. But so this does not spread any further among the people. Let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in his name again. So they called for them and ordered them not to preach or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For the man who was over forty years old and whom this sign of healing had been performed on, After they were released, they went to their own fellowship and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices to God unanimously and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? 
The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers assembled together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in fact in this city both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats, and grant that your slaves must speak your message with complete boldness, while you stretch out your hand for healing, signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak God's message with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as anyone had a need. Joseph, a Levite and a Cypriot by birth, whom the apostles named Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a piece of property. However, he kept back part of the proceeds with his wife's knowledge and bought a portion of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds from the field? Wasn't it yours while you possessed it, and after it was sold, wasn't it at your disposal? Why is it that you planned this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When he heard these words, Ananias dropped dead, and a great fear came on all who heard. The young men got up, wrapped his body, carried him out, and buried him. There was an interval of about three hours, then his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Tell me, Peter asked her, did you sell the field for this price? Yes, she said, for that price. Then Peter said to her, why did you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Instantly she dropped dead at his feet. When the young men came in, they found her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Then great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard these things. Many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. By common consent they would all meet in Solomon's colonnade. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people praised them highly. Believers were added to the Lord in increasing number, crowds of both men and women. As a result they would carry the sick out into the streets and lay them on beds and pallets, so that when Peter came by at least his shadow might fall on some of them. In addition, a multitude came together from the town surrounding Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. And there we end day 319. Day 320, and we continue through Acts, reading from chapter 5, verse 17, straight through to chapter 7, verse 60. Then the high priest took action. He and all his colleagues, those who belonged to the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. So they arrested the apostles and put them in the city jail. But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night, brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple complex and tell the people all about this life. In obedience to this, they entered the temple complex at daybreak and began to teach. When the high priest and those who were with him arrived, they convened the Sanhedrin, the full senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the jail to have them brought. 
But when the temple police got there, they did not find them in the jail, so they returned and reported. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing in front of the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. As the captain of the temple police and the chief priests heard these things, they were baffled about them as to what would come of this. Someone came and reported to them, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple complex and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the temple police and brought them in without force, because they were afraid the people might stone them. When they had brought them in, they had them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked, Didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you have murdered by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and saviour, to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. A Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. He said to them, Men of Israel, be careful about what you're doing and what you're going to do to these men. Not long ago, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men rallied with him. He was killed, and all his partisans were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and attracted a following. That man also perished, and all his partisans were scattered. And now, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. So they were persuaded by him. After they called in the apostles and had them flogged, they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be dishonoured on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple complex and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that the Messiah is Jesus. In those days, as the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching about God to wait on tables. Therefore, brothers, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the preaching ministry. The proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the preaching about God flourished. The number of the disciples in Jerusalem multiplied greatly, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some from what is called the Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Sicily and Asia came forward and disputed with Stephen. But they were unable to stand up against the wisdom and the spirit by whom he spoke. Then they induced men to say, We heard him saying blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes. 
So they came up, dragged him off, and took him to the Sanhedrin. They also presented false witnesses who said, This man does not stop speaking blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that Jesus, this Nazarene, will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Is this true? the high priest asked. Brothers and fathers, he said, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he settled in Haran and said to him, get out of your country and away from your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran, and from there, after his father died, God had him moved to this land in which you now live. He didn't give him an inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground, but he promised to give it to him as a possession, and to his descendants after him, even though he was childless. God spoke in this way. His descendants would be strangers in a foreign country, and they would enslave and oppress him for four hundred years. I will judge the nation that they will serve as slaves, God said. After this they will come out and worship me in this place. Then he gave them the covenant of circumcision. This being so, he fathered Isaac and circumcised him in the eighth day. Isaac did the same with Jacob and Jacob with the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him out of all his troubles. He gave him favour and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him governor over Egypt and over his whole household. Then a famine came over all of Egypt and Canaan, with great suffering, and our forefathers could find no food. When Jacob heard there was grain in Egypt, he sent our forefathers the first time. The second time Joseph was revealed to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Joseph then invited his father Jacob and all his relatives, seventy-five people in all, and Jacob went down to Egypt. He and our forefathers died there, were carried back to Shechem and were placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. At the time, as the time was drawing near to fulfil the promise that God had made to Abraham, the people flourished and multiplied in Egypt until a different king ruled over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He dealt deceitfully with our race and oppressed our forefathers by making them leave their infants outside so they wouldn't survive. At this time Moses was born and he was beautiful before God. He was nursed in his father's home three months and when he was left outside, Pharaoh's daughter adopted and raised him as her own son. So Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in his speech and actions. As he was approaching the age of forty, he decided to visit his brothers, the sons of Israel. When he saw one of them being mistreated, he came to his rescue and avenged the oppressed man by striking down the Egyptian. He assumed his brothers would understand that God would give them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. The next day he showed up while they were fighting and tried to reconcile them peacefully, saying, Men, you are brothers, why are you mistreating each other? But the one who was mistreating his neighbour pushed him away, saying, Who appointed you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me the same way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this disclosure, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he fathered two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the desert of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he was approaching to look at it, the voice of the Lord came, I am the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. 
So Moses began to tremble and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take the sandals off your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Israel. I have heard their groaning and have come down to rescue them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses whom they rejected when they said, Who appointed you as a ruler and a judge? This one God sent as a ruler and a redeemer by means of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the desert for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. He is the one who was in the congregation in the desert together with the angel, who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our forefathers. He received living oracles to give to us. Our forefathers were unwilling to obey him, but pushed him away and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what become of him. They even made a calf in those days, offered sacrifice to the idol and were celebrating what their hands had made. Then God turned away and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me offerings and sacrifices for forty years in the desert, O house of Israel? No, you took up the tent of Molech and the star of your god Rephan, the images that you made to worship. So I will deport you beyond Babylon. Our forefathers had the tabernacle of the testimony in the desert, just as he who spoke to Moses commanded him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our forefathers in turn received it, with jo- and with Joshua brought it when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers until the days of David. He found favour in God's sight and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob, but it was Solomon who built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and earth my footstool. What sort of house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is my resting place? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit, as your forefathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They even killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law under the direction of angels and yet have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were enraged in their hearts and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, filled by the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw God's glory with Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they screamed at the top of their voices, stopped their ears and rushed together against him. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They were stoning Stephen as he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And saying this, he fell asleep. And there we end, day 320. Day 321, and we continue from Acts chapter 8 through to Acts chapter 9, verse 31, uh, with a little skip into Galatians as well. So we're going to Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Saul agreed with putting him to death. 
On that day a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. But devout men buried Stephen and mourned deeply over him. Saul, however, was ravaging the church, and he would enter house after house, drag off men and women, and put them in prison. So those who were scattered went on their way proclaiming the message of good news. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and preached the Messiah to them. The crowds paid attention with one mind to what Philip said as they heard and saw the signs he was performing. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralysed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had previously practised sorcery in that city and astounded the Samaritan people while claiming to be somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least of them to the greatest and they said, This man is called the great power of God. They were attentive to him because he had astounded them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptised. Then even Simon himself believed and after after he was baptised he went around constantly with Philip and was astounded as he observed the signs and great miracles that were being performed. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had welcomed God's message, they sent Peter and John to them. After they went down there, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this part too, so that anyone I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter told him, May your silver be destroyed with you, because you thought the gift of God could be obtained with money. You have no part or share in this matter, because your heart is not right before God. Therefore repent of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Please pray to the Lord for me, Simon replied, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Then after they had testified and spoken the message of the Lord, they travelled back to Jerusalem, evangelising many villages of the Samaritans. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to desert Gaza. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless somebody guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughterer, and a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? The eunuch replied to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about himself or another person? So Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning from that scripture. As they were travelling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, Look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptised? And Philip said, 
If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Then he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared at Azotos, and passing through, he was evangelizing all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, either men or women, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he travelled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? he said. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were travelling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Then Saul got up from the ground and, though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. Now in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he said. Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him, so he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and the sons of Israel. I will certainly show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias left and entered the house. Then he placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were travelling, has sent me to you, so you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptised, and after taking some food he regained his strength. Saul was with the disciples in Damascus for some days. Immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues, He is the Son of God. But all who heard him were astounded and said, Isn't this the man who in Jerusalem was destroying those who called on this name, and then came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners to the chief priests? But Saul grew more capable and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that this one is the Messiah. After many days had passed, the Jews conspired to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. So they were watching the gates day and night intending to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the wall. And here we dip into Galatians chapter 1, verse 17 and 19. And this is Paul saying, I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas, and I stayed with him fifteen days. But I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And back into Acts chapter 9, 
verse 26 to 31 to finish today. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him since they did not believe he was a disciple. Barnabas, however, took him and brought him to the apostles and explained to them how on the road Saul had seen the Lord and that he had talked to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. Saul was coming and going with them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He conversed and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they attempted to kill him. When the brothers found out, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace, being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and it increased in numbers. And there we end, day 321. Day 322, and we continue through Acts, starting at chapter 9, verse 32, through to chapter 11, verse 18. As Peter was travelling from place to place, he also came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Ananas, who was paralysed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Ananas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your own bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. In those days she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him, who begged him, Don't delay in coming with us. So Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs, and all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Then Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body, said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. Then he called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter Peter stayed on many days in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. There was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. He was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. He did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. At about three in the afternoon he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came in and said to him, Cornelius. Looking intently at him he became afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he told him, Your prayers and your acts of charity have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for Simon who is also named Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, he called two of his household slaves and a devout soldier, who was one of those who attended him. After explaining everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were travelling and nearing the city, Peter went up to pray on the housetop at about noon. Then he became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were preparing something, he went into a visionary state. He saw heaven opened and an object coming down that resembled a large sheet being lowered to the earth by its four corners. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth, and the birds of the sky. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter said, for I have never eaten anything common and unclean. Again a second time a voice said to him, 
What God has made clean you must not call common. This happened three times and then the object was taken up into heaven. While Peter was deeply perplexed about what the vision he had seen might mean, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to Simon's house, stood at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was also named Peter, was lodging there. While Peter was thinking about the vision, the spirit told him, Three men are here looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and accompany them with no doubts at all, because I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men and said, Here I am, the one you're looking for. What is the reason you're here? They said, Cornelius a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who has a good reputation with the whole Jewish nation, was divinely directed by a holy angel to call you to his house and to hear a message from you. Peter then invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and set out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa went with him. The following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter helped him up and said, Stand up, I myself am also a man. While talking with him he went on in and found that many had come together there. Peter said to them, You know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner, but God has shown me that I must not call any person common or unclean. That's why I came without any objection when I was sent for, so I ask, why did you send for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago at this hour, at three in the afternoon, I was praying in my house. Just then a man in a dazzling robe stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your acts of charity have been remembered in God's sight. Therefore send someone to Joppa and invite Simon here, who is also named Peter. He is lodging in Simon the Tanner's house by the sea. Therefore I immediately sent for you, and you did the right thing in coming. So we are all present before God to hear everything you have been commanded by the Lord. Then Peter began to speak. In truth I understand that God doesn't show favouritism, but in every nation the person who fears him and does righteousness is acceptable to him. He sent the message to the sons of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know the events that took place throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and curing all who were under the tyranny of the devil, because God was with him. We ourselves are witnesses of everything he did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem, yet they killed him by hanging him on a tree. God raised up this man on the third day and permitted him to be seen, not by all the people, but by us. Witnesses appointed beforehand by God, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people, and to solemnly testify that he is the one appointed by God, to be the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that through his name everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speaking in other languages and declaring the greatness of God. Then Peter responded, Can anyone withhold water and prevent these from being baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay a few days. The apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had welcomed God's message also. 
When Peter went up to Jerusalem, those who stressed circumcision argued with him, saying, You visited uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began to explain to them in an orderly sequence, saying, I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw in a visionary state an object coming down that resembled a large sheet being lowered from heaven by its four corners, and it came to me. When I looked closely and considered it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, the wild beasts, the reptiles, and the birds of the sky. Then I also heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice answered from heaven a second time, What God has made clean you must not call common. Now this happened three times, and then everything was drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. Then the Spirit told me to go with them with no doubts at all. These six brothers accompanied me, and we went into the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He will speak words to you by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them, just as on us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave them the same gift that he also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? When they heard this, they became silent. Then they glorified God, saying, So God has granted repentance, resulting in life to even the Gentiles. And there we end, day 322. And week 46...